Long side, huh? journey of the strong woman to the free woman mm. granting herself permission mm. to actualize her highest self. You better say that thing. You better say, say you that it. thing. Today's uh, topic is she walks hard. I can't wait for y'all to see the promo hey. for, for this episode. No, that picture was dope. It was fierce. I saw it. <laughs> On the hoot suite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that thing is fire. Fire. <laughs> she schedules her posts because we do. Okay? We sure do. Walking hard like we in Wakanda. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Yo, that emoji, the brown girl emoji where she has her hands crossed. Love it. I keep sending it everywhere. <laughs> like, it's like a part of the hashtags. Like the signature. Doesn't matter. Oh, my God. You're going to get this Wakanda greeting every time. How are you? I'm good, girl. You know, I just... You know, I'm just really enjoying the sun because it's sunny today. It is sunny. Want to get out? Make sure you wear your sunscreen, folks. It's real. We don't want to be all wrinkly. Get some sun on these. Um, get these pineal go- uh, glands going. Pineal codes. Let me tell you from something. the sunlight, melanin. Um, we had a. We were having an interesting conversation mm-hmm. before. <laughs> before we started recording about baby mamas. Woo! Man, season five. It's like let's hold it to season five. Yeah, a little preview, a little taste. <laughs> Yo, these babies. <laughs> just, just put the tip in a little bit. You know, so I joke all the time with my now fiance. Like you know, he <laughs> as I twirl my ring, <laughs> I'm always like future baby daddy. He's like, don't call me that. Don't call me that. Don't call me baby daddy. I'm like, whoa, like it's real a trigger. Yeah, it is that. such a trigger. Mm. And and I was like, I'm gonna be of your your second baby mama or whatever. <laughs> Hates that shit. Number two. <laughs> and I, I I joke and say like, listen, listen, Linda. If we ever have a kid and we don't work out, I promise, I promise, I promise to be a cordial co-parent to you. Yeah, and I say that because when I was a kid growing up, and this is not about she walking hard, but whatever we going with. It's our show. We can talk about what we want. The Come fuck on. we want, nigga. <laughs> <So, laughs> when I was a kid, and my father was off into the Wakanda, wherever the fuck he was doing his own thing, not thinking about a bitch. I, my mother would always, even though she didn't fuck with him, she would never keep. Our relationship distant. Gotcha. Like she would encourage me to call him. She would, you know, whenever I was disappointed when he didn't do something he said he would, like she would be like, you know, give him another chance. Like she was very, even though she ain't fuck with him, she did not hinder the relationship between child and father. And I told Kyle, like, listen, even if you piss me off, yeah. even if you piss me off, 
I will not do that because it's about my kid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not me. You can do mm-hmm. whatever you want to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just don't fuck with my kid. Yeah. Yeah, man. And pairing that. You will never be an impediment to the relationship between parent and child. You can't, man. No, you can. It's been done. I know you can, but, but I'm saying you, you should not. Do that. You should not. And shame on you if you do, bitch. Oh. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> I was waiting for like, is she gonna say it? <laughs> But we gon' we gonna, we gonna say that for season Ooh, five. I yes, we that do. Should be a, season five is coming at you. Yo, coming there's at only you. one more episode after this yeah. in season four. It's it's gonna be here soon. Have y'all listened think. to all the episodes for season season four, folks? I hope so. You I have did. time, so you have time to binge. Let SoundCloud just you know transition so, <laughs> season four. You like Netflix? Just binge. <laughs> I like Netflix. <laughs> so I looked up a, a definition. On my way here today. Okay. On what does it mean to walk hard? Just to see what will come up. Because <laughs> you're googling. I be googling hard. The Google. <laughs> she googles hard. <laughs> and do you believe Urban Dictionary? Yo, Urban. Oh my god. Urban Dictionary. What Urban Dictionary. To do something well and with one's full effort. Ooh. Right, Urban? And then Urban had another definition. Come on, Herb. <laughs> Herb had another <laughs> definition underneath it that I didn't understand. So I'm going to read it out loud to see mm. if you okay, can it. dissect it. And if you can't, we'll just pretend like uh, it wasn't there. Like, uh, so, <laughs> second definition of walk hard says sex. Mm. It's like when you walk hard, but it's not necessarily the walking that's hard. Wait a minute. It's <laughs> it's like when you walk hard, but it's not necessarily the walking that's hard. What do, do you know what that means? Can I've you? never heard either of these definitions, so Well, the first one I kinda get my universe like is expanding your a little bit. <laughs> into it. Sex. It's like when you walk hard, but it's not necessarily the walking that hard, walking that's hard. So is it saying the act of putting your feet to the ground is simple, but what goes behind the action that of sex, punch. the force, the, the that punch, <laughs> that, that stroke. That stroke. I was just about to say it. That stroke game. That's the part that's hard. <laughs> that's that walk. How that? What that walk do? Or how she walk after? I'm just saying. <laughs> what that walk do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I become she audience is familiar with the term. No, I, I think this like is a very up. strange term. I, I'm, I'm, I almost want to write to Urban. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Who submitted this? But I think that's almost what they're saying. It's like when you walk hard, but it's not necessarily the walking that's hard. It's not the putting your foot to the ground that's hard. It's what comes after. Perfect example. So this week, I was watching my 600-pound life. And I'm kind of oh low-key starting to get addicted to this show. It's very Somebody interesting. Else I know saying that. It's very yeah. intriguing. I will say, every time I watch this show, I immediately put down the bag <laughs> of chips that I'm eating. I immediately think about going yeah. to the gym. No, like, it's, it's like real a, out here. It's like, you know, react. it's like a get right. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this week's episode... Um, I forgot how much this person weighed, but it was well over 600, more like 800 something pounds. And they couldn't walk. They literally could not walk. They were in bed for like two, three years and they hadn't gotten out of bed. And their significant other bathed them and 
fed yeah. them and brought them Netflix. Like they literally were bed bound. And so on the show, if you're not familiar, there's this doctor in, I don't know if it's Texas, I don't recall, but that performs surgery on people that are so obese. After They have, they, they have to put work in though. They have yeah. to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. They have to change their diet. Like a gastric... Something like that, but you have to almost prove to the doctor that you're serious. Yeah. So what they do, they get firemen and fire trucks to like lift people out of their beds and homes and bring, and they have to drive because they can't fly. You have to drive them wherever you are in the country to um, this hospital. And so this man was in the hospital for like, I don't know, like two, three months. And he was really excited. And you know, in the beginning you do anything, you're really, really motivated. It's almost like when I start working out, like, oh my God, you know summer body 2018 mm-hmm. finna be fire you know what i'm saying that fire fire you know what i'm saying F-I-H. <laughs> and so he was doing really good and then he just started slipping people sneaking him food he's not doing his bed exercises as he should and the doctor was like hold up we gotta get you up and start walking Yikes. and so he was like i can't do it i can't do it and the doctor was like you can you don't want to Like, you actually can put your feet on the ground. And he's like, but Doc, it's so painful. It's so painful. Wow. I know. He's like, it's so painful. Because, you know, when you have so much weight and you're putting that on your knees. You're not ready for this. But you could walk, like, three to four or five steps. And that's all he was saying. Like, you have to to walk. You haven't walked in three years, dude. Like, get up. And he just wouldn't do it. It's almost like baby ankles. They don't have the, the the muscles. Oh, that's why they buckle. I thought it was because they just didn't really know how to... I don't know. I don't know anything about The muscle that. development. Atrophy. Like, when you don't use something... Yeah. For it so It returns long. to a babified state. It's yeah. just so funny as you're describing... As you're describing this whole 600-pound scenario, 600-pound life, and people bathing them and feeding them, it just kind of really reminds me of the past episode we did of She Saves No One in the Messiah Complex. Mm. Because I remember another friend who's addicted to watching my 600-pound life talking about, I don't understand how these people have mates. I don't understand how they can be booed up and all this and all that. Booed, when I say they booed yes. up and faithful, yes. dedicated booze. Yes, and it goes back to this whole savior complex. Messiah complex of gravitating to someone that you feel needs you so much that's in such a pitiful state. Um, And they feel guilty for leaving. Yeah, and it creates an an enabling kind of environment to now where you are 600 pounds and don't have to walk because guess what? I'm going to wipe your ass when you shit. I'm going to bathe you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to put your clothes on or help you lotion up. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's just a real sick, dysfunctional kind of. Um, That's not even living. Rela- it's not. It's not. It's almost like a prison. So it's like the more you save, yeah. the more you have to save, and the more you have to keep saving to keep your savior complex, put your cap, your cape on. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both. When does it end? Enabler. Yeah, and like, That's what I'm saying. Are both in prison, and you ain't nobody about, walking hard. That's what, nobody's walking. When we talked about pick up your take up your bed and walk in the last episode, like nobody's nobody's walking. So how do you get a point from nobody's walking to sh- she walks hard? Like how do we get to that point? And I'll tell you how, since Doctor E said it, I'll tell you how. <laughs> you gotta listen to our past episode. She's like, I'm gonna tell you. But um, no, I will tell Shout you. Shout out to Doctor E. That man, <laughs> look, I rewound it just to her part, like. 
eight to ten times just to hear her <laughs> read mofos about going 30 minutes the for their Starbucks. Anywho, <laughs> if y'all didn't listen to that last episode with Dr. East, she was... <laughs> She's a fool. She is. I was like, yikes. <laughs> Anywho... You get to that point because you have to realize, first of all, that you are worthy of walking, that you are worthy of whatever pain it takes. And it's going to be painful if you haven't done something in so long, or it might be walking for one person, but maybe another person is setting boundaries, or maybe for another person is, you know, thinking highly of themselves, whatever that quote unquote walking looks like to you, you have to first believe that you are worthy of that thing, no matter what, unconditionally. If it's rain, sleet, snow, yeah. hell, high water, pain, mm-hmm. tears, whatever. And think about these people on my 600 pound life. They're what they're walking towards is a life, literally yeah. a chance yeah. to like live a full life. This particular episode, um, his boo had they had been engaged, but he wanted to. After he finished his surgery, lost all mm-hmm, this weight, mm-hmm. he wanted to re-propose, repropose. He wanted to start a family. They had all these hopes and dreams of of what the afterlife would look like wow. after he walked yeah. anywhere. And so it kept getting worse, kept deteriorating. And the doctor was like, listen, I can't help and they you kept if him you... Food. And they kept enabling him and sticking him food. No, while you're in the hospital, you can't because they're on a restricted oh, diet. Okay. But he stopped... He stopped trying. He stopped doing his... So they do like bed exercises to where they lift weights in the bed while they lie down. Stuff like that. Or even pull themselves up while in the bed. He just stopped doing anything. And he started being really nasty and rude to his partner. And she started saying, well, listen... I can't be here if I can't be yeah. I can't be strong for me and you pretty yeah. much is what she was saying. Yeah. So they kicked him out and put him oh in um like a like a facility, like a home care facility. They like adult daycare. Yeah, they take they take you out of the hospital when they see that you're not being serious cuz he was in the hospital for like 3 months and he just stopped giving a fuck. So they put him in this facility and he started trying again, realizing that this, okay, this is really my last chance. And after that, they just send you back home to wherever you come from. And in this particular episode, it was one night he was talking to Boo and he said, Boo, I don't think I'm going to make it to the morning. And Boo was like, no, you say that every night. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, it's it's okay. Like, next day will be a better day. Yeah. And he was like, I just want to let you know that I love you. And she was like, what? So then it got serious. They went to sleep, woke up, and he had a heart attack. He died. He died. He and I his life leaving. I guess so. Or maybe he just literally gave, gave up. up. And I oh, haven't seen... I just started watching geez. My 600 Pound Life. And I've seen a few episodes, but no one has died in an episode. They all go through their struggles, but they, they make it to the end. And I'm like, I thought about our episodes like, damn, wow. this is literally what happens when you don't fucking walk. He just had to walk. Wow. Put his feet to the ground. And... Oh my God. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. That's yeah. abrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened really, really sudden. And then Boo felt so, like, it was her fault. She was like, yeah. what if I had took him to the emergency room when he said that? But she was like, I was just so tired. Yeah. I didn't want to go to the hospital again. I had no sleep that day. Yeah. And it's interesting because... She was depleted. The exactly. The process 
of trying to walk for someone mm-hmm. is impossible. So that's what you sign yourself up for when you try to save people. It's like yeah. you're trying to walk for them and you can't walk for anyone. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. And I think he gave up for the both of them. He yeah. didn't want to be in misery anymore. He didn't want her to be in misery anymore. Yeah. And yeah. Wow, so, I mean, <laughs> let's pull out of the, yeah, that's a cyclone, because I was just kind of drifting downward with that, but um, yeah. walking hard, like, going back to knowing that you're worthy, we talked about rejection narratives in our last one, and to kind of segue into this about she walks hard, to share a little story about, you know, some of my rejection narratives, and I think I've talked about this on Become She, but I will definitely share again, since mm-hmm. it serves the purpose of segueing into this She Walks Hard narrative. There was a time where I was just kind of doubting kind of everything that I did. I didn't, you know, I was just in like this big funk and this haze, as we so often get sometimes with life and reacting to life. To the point where I felt like I needed to either do something. I think this is around the same time we started our podcast. I had started Flaunt Your Fly a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had joined forces to start teaming up about, you know, changing the world, taking over the world with our podcast. Become <laughs> she. And One episode at a time. Yeah, I just <laughs> felt like I had to do something because if I didn't, I felt like I was going to die. I felt like I was going to get sucked under mm. this, you know, um, undertow, right? And um, in doing all these projects with Flying Your Fly and Become She and, you know, busying myself, declaring who I was to the world, coming out with this new voice, this new creativity... I realized like maybe about maybe three months ago even that I feel like a lot of that it came from a narrative of needing to still prove something. Mm. Not See, that's th- funny that you say that because I was going to ask you do you think all these projects made you feel like your life had purpose? Yeah, but it, it came from a place of needing to prove. So my point is I had to redirect that thing, even though what I was doing was good. You know, it was edifying me. Right. But I had to go back to the foundation and check myself. Like, are you doing all of these things to prove to to anyone or to prove to yourself something that is already true? So when you think about rejection, people can do good things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. So I had to think about yeah. the things that I, that I was doing. Am I responding to a narrative that was never true to begin with? And once I identified that I, in fact, was responding to a narrative that was never true to begin with, I had to clean up that rejection. And so I feel like now moving forward, I still have all these things that I'm involved with. Mm-hmm. But the energy with which I breathe into all of those movements don't come from a place of needing to mm. respond to my detractors, respond to this person, respond to the critic inside of me or respond to my ego that's saying, you know, you're just his wife or you're just this or you're just that. Like your voice isn't like... I don't have to respond to those narratives. And it just kind of brings about this whole full circle moment. I don't know. If you've seen Black Panther, I mean, it's kind of late. Spoiler alert. But. I mean, you should. Kill, it's March yeah. 14th. You should have seen it. <laughs> we, the fuck? 
When you think about Killmonger, right? He mm. went off to the military. He killed all these people. He got all these accolades. Yeah. And it was all rooted in rejection. It was all a response Woo! to a rejection narrative. My motherfucking daddy died. My, you know, my, my uncle. My daddy was murdered. Right. My, my people left me here. Fending my for people myself. were my, my dad. Right, fending for myself. So it's like he needed to do all of these things. And while he excelled in doing those things and it looked good, you can clearly see it start to unravel when he finally did challenge T'Challa, take over the kingdom, and then he started burning shit. He just... Yeah. He started being mad, disrespectful because it came from a place of yeah. retaliation, mm-hmm. revenge, mm-hmm. rejection. Okay, so that's wow. my little share story time with Nicolia. I had to clean that shit up because, yeah. God forbid, when I do get on top, the retaliation is not going to be there because I don't give a fuck about you, motherfuckers. Because it's it, not about you to begin it, with. I don't have, have to respond like to anyone. You have to. You have to. If you're gonna walk, you have to walk with purpose. You have not to walk only, hard, not out of rejection. Your walking yes. hard should not have anything to do with responding to anyone. Like I'm not out here walking hard to respond to someone's narrative about me that was never true. Yeah. And that's something that I had to. But that goes back to knowing your purpose. You have to know your purpose. I feel like if you say your purpose out loud while you're doing something, that will let you know right then and there. Yeah. Or write the shit out if it's coming from a place of rejection or purity. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm doing this because I need to prove blah, 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 blah. Exactly. That's how you know, okay, we need to clean that shit up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and when I and I think about my own rejection narratives, because you told people to do homework and clean up their rejections, just feeling like because I was, you know, the product, the child of a side chick, because my mom was a side chick to a married man with three other kids, that I needed to always overachieve, that I needed to always be on point, that I always needed to be perfect, that I always needed to have all of my eyes dotted. Uh, all of my T's crossed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds so subtle. But then again, like I said in the last episode, a lot of our rejection narratives start at very, very young ages. And mm-hmm. they grow with us. And they shapeshift as we grow older and older and older. So, cleaning up this narrative that I, I had to prove anything to anyone like if i wanted to be an overachiever it's because i wanted to do that shit if i wanted to do whatever it's because i wanted to do it and it it needs to be rooted in something that like you said is pure not because i'm proving a point or responding to a narrative anytime you find yourself responding or you're walking hard or you know you're being extra or you're doing things mm-hmm, or you're mm-hmm. taking on extra projects or you're saving people and it to could respond. be it could be anything i'm telling you it could be absolutely anything, anything. Man. yeah so you got to clean up those rejections people because they come out they will tell mm. on you they will definitely definitely show up time and time again man so those are my rejections. Hopefully you guys left some rejections for us on our Instagram post. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ooh. You got me thinking about my rejections. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about them though. It's fine. I'm gonna say that for another episode. <laughs> Season five. <laughs> um, so I think it's about time for that good old dear she segment. What do you think? Ooh. Let me We need some theme music for Dr. East. Like, she deserves it. She deserves her own theme music. Hold on. We're, we got you on speakerphone, Dr. East. Okay. Hello, hello. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. Still drinking wine? 
I'm not mad at it though. I'm not. So it's we were just. Break, y'all, and I, want I know to that's why. Right. And what y'all see um, from my Instagram pictures? Y'all go for real. <laughs> like she's for real breaking. Like she all the way breaking, like all the way down, like all the way. <laughs> Wait till y'all see this outfit that I have. Come on. on. This, this is the problem. Cause see, this is why. You try all stuff you just don't order from Amazon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, look at these pictures. I okay, can't wait to see I it. I got this neon yellow bodysuit thing on. That's what my husband told me to wear. Come on, honey. Okay. Set up from the get go. Listen, if he like it, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Kind of fit it. I look like I look like a thought highlighter, like a thought lighter. <laughs> <laughs> She walked hard in that thought lighter. Hashtag thought highlighter. I need that to trend. I need that to trend. She said thought lighter. We need to trend because this is what I'm pulling off today. And then listen, I got on these checkered vans and I was saying, you know, gosh, I need some accessories. China stole my son Carr's watch because it got a checkered band on it. And I'm not even ashamed of it because I bought the watch. So I can borrow it if I want to. Right. It's mine. Oh my God. I love it. Right. And yet I'm still a professional. Yes, you are. And we're ready to hear your professional opinion. So <laughs> we were talking about um, walking hard and it was kind of borrowed from last episode uh, where we talked about cleaning up your rejections. And oftentimes okay. um, we can find ourselves walking, quote unquote, walking hard, but we're really responding to rejection narratives. Mm-hmm. So we're responding still to an irrelevant narrative or an untrue narrative and it's not rooted in something that is of us, like that is pure for us. So, or what represents us today? Yeah, you're responding to the hurt from Correct. the five year old little girl, the ten year old little girl, mm-hmm. versus the woman today, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of what what we were talking yeah. about. But are we going to talk about that, dear she letter that we talked about in text or nah? Will we? I'm looking at Nicolia. Hold on. I think we should. I mean, I think that we should. That that whole thing of why, you know, why do women settle? Okay. I mean, that's a universal topic. Like we've all done it. Yeah. So this is this is a person who. Do you want me to tell my my, uh, my story, or do you want to go with yours? <laughs> that's so many dear she's uh, scenarios. So I'm gonna go ahead and you know go ahead and put it out there. I'll chime in because we have similar stories. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we can do like a splice up. Yeah. Um, so she is preparing to get married. Um, they have not known each other very long. Um, only been it's been less than a year. Um, they I believe have set the date. They're talking about rings. But I also know that she has mentioned that he is a boy, you know, for lack of a better word, like an a grown boy. Um and he is not at all, you know, stimulating for her, like mentally stimulating. Um, and I just feel like she's signing her, like she's willingly signing herself up to be miserable, to be miserable. And I, I'm at a loss for words. Like I'm totally there to support her and to support who she is as a woman because she's brilliant. Like her intellect has nothing to do with what's going on, you know, and the mm-hmm. decisions that she's making. I actually feel that it could be because of her intellect that she's not able, that she's using her intellectual capacity almost as a way to shield her from addressing her issues, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a covering mm-hmm. 
like by which she hides from really confronting herself mm-hmm. because she is a lettered woman, meaning that she has degrees. Um, the the woman that I <laughs> am referring to with a similar situation, her and her person have been together for I don't know like many years, maybe like five six years, and throughout the relationship, he cheated on her, treated her like shit. Um, I told you that she bought her own uh, engagement ring and gave it to him like this is what you need to propose with and waited for him to propose with it and everybody was like listen I don't know you know if this is the one even on her wedding day everybody was like I don't know if this is the one but she did it anyway so yeah how how do you respond to like the red flags are clearly seen they see like my part. The, okay. the girl I'm referring to, she's no, she knows, she sees the red flags and still going. Right, right. Okay, so this is the deal. There's two parts to this. Okay, I'm going to explain both of them. Okay. The first part is dealing with we kind of swallowed, you know, the falseness and what we think the stereotypes are from society. Um, that's the first part, and I'll get into that in more detail. And then the second part is powerful women who feel like there is no such thing as having it all. And so let's talk about those two angles. So from the angle of, I'll start from powerful women. So from the angle of being a powerful woman, as women, we, you know, we have, we play all these roles. We're entrepreneurs, but society often beats us down for being entrepreneurs. So there's constant articles, you know, about the fact that we're waiting until we're 35 to get married, waiting until we're 40 to have kids, you know, um, then these same articles are telling us that our mates are becoming more more limited. You know, there aren't a lot of, you know, available black men out there or not a lot of available, you know, women out there, if that's your, your pleasure. And so we feel like we have to rush into something. Mm-hmm. And even though we're so brilliant in the courtroom and even though we're brilliant in our offices or in whatever capacity that we work in, mm-hmm. We often will take a set of lower standard for relationships because we feel like, you know what, ultimately I can't have it all. And I am perceived as being harsh and, you know, judgmental and difficult. And I'm just so lucky to have a guy to put up with me and all of my issues that I feel so thankful to have him. So even though he doesn't measure up to this particular standard for me, I'm okay with that because at least I know he accepts me for me. And that's the bullshit that we feed ourselves. Literally. Like, I know women that do that. I was that woman that did that. You know, uh, my my standards were so high in other areas, I'd be called out for being, you know, aggressive and, mm. you know, um, confrontational yeah. and, you know, all these things. And then in my relationships, I really just wanted to be free. You know, I didn't want yeah. to have to be that person and so instead of me recognizing that it's healthy for me to have a relationship where I can relax but yet I don't have to lessen my standards I lessened my standards in order to feel like I could relax wow okay this person is definitely not going to judge me because how do they know what level to judge me on you get what I'm saying because I've settled for less than what I know I'm worth so that's that that's that first side, so that's pretty deep, right? That's the Very. first side. I, ooh, we already in ten yeah. foot walk, like ten feet deep. How much deep are we gonna get, Doctor? <laughs> now, so, so we, you know, I go. I know. We, go down. we ready you know, for it. We go down, okay? You're okay, ready for so it. So <laughs> next, we have is what I called 
in chapter two of my book, The Hangover, Society is Your Pusher Man. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what I meant by that is that we become influenced by society's expectations and stereotypes. Even when we're little girls, we, you know, live up to this fantasy of what our household is supposed to be like. Even if our fantasy is not, you know, of a man, it's of a woman, we still have these basic traditional viewpoints that we expect to take place. And that is this person will come in and we will be a team and he or she will support me in every endeavor and think I'm beautiful 24-7 and I, you know, and just la 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 la. However... What happens is we also start to swallow all of the same misconceptions that, again, they're not any good mates out there. And so what we do is we'll get with someone because we feel the need as women to be nurturers, rescuers, and healers. Mm. That is what we'll do. And so we will haphazardly get into relationships with individuals that we're actually fixing, mm. you know, that we're actually raising, that we're actually building up because that makes us feel good. That makes us feel wanted when we achieve these tasks. However, we get into these relationships where they clearly don't have the capacity to give us the emotional support that we need, and we end up we end up settling because we say, "Oh my gosh, at least I have someone. You know, it's better to have this person than right. nobody. You right. know, at least he or she loves me. Right. At least he or she has a job. It could be worse. They don't hit me. They don't beat up on me. Damn. You know, man. I give you the I give you the example like this. It's the same thing as having a woman. We talked about this in text. Having a woman in a relationship." where her significant other is always calling her stupid, telling her to shut up, calling her retarded, you know, calling her slow, constantly calling her out of her name, derogatory norm, bitch, you know, whatever. So then she leaves that relationship saying, I'll never let a man abuse me like that. That becomes her baseline of what abuse is, okay? She gets into another relationship, and this particular person, male or female, you know, doesn't call her stupid or a bitch, but says, you know, what you're saying doesn't make sense. You know, you should just try to be quiet a little bit more often. You know, do you even think before you speak? Again, still abusive, but she's like, well, this is not that abuse. So right. This not can't be abusive to me. So then mm. for her, that becomes her acceptable behavior. When actually, that is below average behavior. And what we have done as women, we have taken what our basic average should be, which is, a person being kind and gentle, calling if they're running late, opening the car door, you know, giving you a compliment, chivalry, all these things, whether we, no matter what we're in a relationship, who we're in a relationship with, we should expect these things, but we don't. Yeah. So therefore, we get excited when they do any of it. Oh, girl, oh, oh my God, you know, she called me to let me know she was running late, and then she showed up with flowers. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Why are you, oh, my God, it? That's the should be the norm. That's so it the sounds standard. so it that sounds should be the standard. It yeah. sounds like we've basically increased our threshold for what we will tolerate as far as abuse. That's what it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. And what you do when you do that is you give them your power because now they can manipulate you because remember they also know their power. Right. They know that there are women out there like you mm-hmm. that are to some extent as what I call thirsty versus hungry okay and see a person who is hungry will have a sense of flavor you know if you're sitting right like, oh i'm hungry Man. you just want a, a flavor of something you know specific what you want you know what texture you want it to be you know the season you want to be you are mm-hmm. specific about what you digest and what you put in your body when you're hungry mm-hmm. you take your time and you figure out what it is you want you just don't eat anything but when you are thirsty 
when you are dehydrated and depleted because you've given up everything to everybody else, honey, you'll swallow anything they'll pour down your throat. Goddamn. Anything. I wasn't ready. And that, and that wow. becomes what you get nurtured off of. That becomes where your nutrients come from. Oh, my God. So I tell women, we have to stop being thirsty and we have to start being hungry. And that's all being hungry. Wow. <laughs> now, did you... <laughs> I'm going to leave y'all with that. Did you hear our producer off... <laughs> <laughs> Off the mic, talking about some boo. That was the first sound he has ever made. This all in every any any season. You're right. We have never gotten a response from him until Doctor East came on the line. Whoa. Okay. This is a lot to chew on. No, this going. Yeah, this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, Doctor East, you know we're not gonna hold you. I'm gonna let you keep sipping and enjoying your spring break and your thought lighter outfit <laughs> whatever you want to have on so i want to see a picture though like right. he said a pic syntax and you know the thing of it is, is that i am clowning and i'm having a good time with my girls that doesn't mean that i'm going to be out of pocket that doesn't right. mean i'm going to be out of character but i also recognize as a strong beautiful powerful black woman i can pull off any look yes. that i want as long as it's appropriate for the, for the reason Come on. The she walks woman. hard and so i embrace that <laughs> That's right. I embrace that. Stolen watching all. And we, embra- and we embrace it as well, Dr. East. <laughs> all right, Dr. East. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy yourself. All right, ladies. Bye. Bye. Well. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she said the difference between being hungry and thirsty. Well, my God. From Zanya. Nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it right now. I think we this should. Deep. I think we should for sure in season five have an episode on what the fuck that means. Yeah, because it's a lot. Yeah, man. It's a lot. She said the nutrients you are taking in. Yeah. From being thirsty. Yeah. Versus man. being hungry and having a very specific palate, knowing that this is the consistent you consistency of food you want in your mouth, Mm-mm. the taste, the seasonings, the blends, uh. the marination. Now you're a cook, so you know when you marinate certain things in certain ways. My stomach, gonna... my stomach dropped. I'm sorry, my stomach <laughs> has not gotten up since she said that. I'm just gonna throw that out there for the Becomshi audience. I'm holding my stomach. She walks hard all over that, but dear become she segment. First okay. of all, hey, I don't even know what the fuck to do with that. No, I feel like don't. I need to process that. We're we're scratching our head, Becomshi Nation. We're scratching. And looking around, we don't know what to say behind that. But I do know um, that yeah. I am happy for the transparency and the vulnerability that Dr. East brings because, like I said, her whole reason for writing um, The Hangover, Overcoming Emotional Addiction is because... Which is her book. Yes, mm-hmm. which is her book that you need to cop on the sapphirewoman.com, preferably. But they do also... She does also carry it on amazon.com. And Kindle. Yeah, and Kindle. Um, and I'm currently reading the book now, but she sets the book up in 12 chapters, which kind of correlate to the NA steps um, mm-hmm. on how to overcome addiction. But she wrote this book because she's, she was that woman. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, she married the same man twice. She understands that emotional addiction is real. And when you understand that, you won't be... So in your headspace with it, you'll understand that 
it is something that is very real that needs to be overcome. So for a lot of women, we believe that because we have the accolades, we have the degrees, we have the good job, you know, that, you know, deficits can't touch us. And it's like, no, emotional deficits and emotional addiction has nothing to do with intelligence, just as a real addiction has nothing to do with intellect. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Being addicted to an alcohol has nothing to do with the fact that you are an attorney or a doctor or yeah. whatever type of professional. And that's the same way we need to start approaching our emotional health. Like, start really looking at the patterns and what are we increasing our emotional thresholds for and to. And what are our rejections? Like, we're going to keep harping on that. What are your rejections? Because more than likely, that's going to inform your emotional addictions because there are people Mm -hmm. out there who know what your rejections are. And like she said, they know their powers as well. And And so they'll know, oh, she'll accept this. So I can just come with flowers and it'll be okay. And it'll be swept under the rug and I'll have another shot. She said, oh, he said, he let me know that he was going to be a little late. And then you get excited and you're, oh my godding. Why are you, oh my godding? Girl, is what she said. That's the mama everybody needs to have. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you shouldn't be so impressed over something. Like, these are basic rudiments. Ooh, okay. So how was that? Um, <laughs> is this going to happen every time? Every like, time. We're going to be stuck every time. Okay. Rambling. I feel like, I'm glad that we bring her in at the end of the episode because I'm too shell-shocked. Like, yeah. Yeah, at are the beginning, we would just be stuck. Are you thirsty or are you hungry? That's a question to ponder on. So we'll leave you with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> our next and final episode for the season airs March 28th. Yeah. Um, and the title is She is an Ally. Because we are in Women's History Month. We Let's are. be honest about that. Happy Women's History Month. Yes, it Month. is. It's, if you follow our, um, I hope you all follow us on Instagram and I try to be up on the, on the uh, Instagram stories or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Post a little something yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that wraps, wraps it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm still dumbfounded y'all. So I'm just going to sit here when we stop recording yeah. and look around. So this is Nicolia and Jess signing out. Become she, become free.